morning. This is the DGN Brain Finance Weekly Crypto Review. This show teaches what the Fed reports means and covers you on everything crypto related, like a toupee on a bald man's head. Crypto has been significantly down this week and we will be covering the reasons why and more. And these are today's main points. The market sentiment, weekly crypto numbers, the CPI reports missed expectations, the Ethereum merge update, and then mentioning how Michael Burry sold all of his stocks. With all that said, let's get right into it. Let's quickly run down the market sentiment readings and crypto numbers for this week. Bitcoin has been on quite the decline this week and it's quickly approaching the 18k key support major support zone. Down last week 11.06%. Ethereum is also on a decline, approaching the $1,270 short term support. It is projected to fall as low as $1,060 in the upcoming weeks or months. Down last week 24.64%. And we cannot miss out Crow. The weekly candles showing down below previous short term support zones, currently sitting at 10 cents and the next support is showing to be 8.5 cents. On to the next heading, the CPI report, why your portfolio might be down. The main points, the consumer price index returned with an overall score increase of 8.5% year over year during August, this is neutral news. The forecast was 8.1% meaning the report was a miss, which is bearish. According to the report, falling gas prices offset rising cost of foods, new cars and heating, bearish for the government, bullish for sport car enthusiasts. Many of you, especially in the US, are likely noticing more expensive food prices among other commodities. Today's report highlights, the index rose 0.1% in August alone, beating the median forecast of a 0.1 decline. The rise comes after the CPI remained virtually flat through July, which means there are still many factors that are keeping inflation at the levels we are seeing currently. Let's go into the reasons as to why. Before anything else, let's go over rate hikes and rate declines. This is the bottom line. A quote from Business Insider News website. The Fed's Chair Jerome Powell signaled in August 26 remarks that the central banks is nowhere near done raising rates and that hiking quickly is preferable to letting inflation stay elevated. It's no surprise then that the markets are betting on policymakers to raise rates by another 0.75 percentage points. This is triple the size of their typical increase later in September. That would mark the third such hike since June." End quote. We understand that there's some financial jargon in that quote, so we'll teach you what it means when the Fed talks about interest rate hikes or declines. The interest rate will be discussed in depth at the upcoming FMOC or Federal Open Market Committee meeting, a summary of economic projections on the 20th to 21st of September. A general rule of thumb, when the Fed cuts interest rates, it causes the stock market to go up, and the opposite is true when they raise them. Markets will often attempt to price in the future expectations of rate hikes and anticipate the actions of the FMOC that are made official. So what does it mean when the Fed say rate cuts? When the economy is slowing down, rate cuts can stimulate financial activity, meaning investors and economists see lower rates as a catalyst for growth. 
being able to borrow more money for cheaper, which leads to more significant corporate profits and encourages spending for the average Joe, which creates a more robust economy. Lowering rates, however, can also lead to problems such as inflation and liquidity traps, which undermine the effectiveness of low rates. So what are rate hikes? The Federal Reserve tries to cool down an overheated economy by raising interest rates. By making credit more expensive and harder to obtain, certain industries not dependent on economic growth such as consumer goods, lifestyle essentials and industrial goods can be positioned for a prosperous future. TLDR, higher interest rates tend to negatively affect earnings and stock prices, often with the exception of the financial sector, such as banking. So how does this all relate to the market dropping? Since inflation expectations were not met, economists, analysts, bankers and institutions saw this as an opportunity to de-risk positions from further market uncertainties. As explained, all you need to know is, when expectations aren't met, markets move down. But when those expectations, along with hyperinflations, are not lowering as much as expected, it has an even heavier effect. So, now that you have learned what these interest rates shenanigan means for your investments, you might be more mentally prepared for the FMOC meeting this month. And if you need further convincing as to why you should absolutely follow these reports every month and how they impact you, is an excellent reason for you. Look at the inflation rate of chicken tendies year over year. They have gotten quite expensive and no one likes expensive chicken tendies. On to the next heading, the Ethereum merge. What now? The 15th of September was one of the most significant moments in crypto history. It was the day of the Ethereum merge. Let's get down to business of the post-merge events. First problem, Ethereum dropped 10%. With the merge completed, everyone thought we were gonna be on our way to 10k, but getting to 10k in one day was just never gonna happen, guys. But no one really expected the price to drop by 10%. So what gives? Liquidations. Around 130 million worth of Ethereum has been liquidated over the past 24 hours. These people placed bets that Ethereum price would go up, but when the opposite happened, they lost the bets and got liquidated, driving the price of Ethereum down even more. And people were preparing to sell the news once the merge happened. Leading up to the merge, the total amount of Ethereum transferred on all exchanges spiked. Spikes like this usually signal a big sell-off coming. Look at the inflows of exchanges, guys. The second main problem, Ethereum is technically still inflationary. The total supply of Ethereum has gone up, around 400 Ethereum since the merge happened. You might ask yourself, but I thought Ethereum was supposed to be deflationary after the merge. Everyone was calling it ultrasound money. Did we all get bamboozled? No, not at all. Ethereum can still be ultrasound money, let me explain why. But first, let's just get some terms out of the way. To understand ultrasound money, you just have to understand sound money. These are assets that people typically turn into when inflation gets rough because they hold their value. Bitcoin is also considered sound money since the supply is always capped. There will never ever be more than 21 million Bitcoin. Ultrasound money is the next level because it has a decreasing supply, making this deflationary. 
Ethereum will become ultrasound money when the amount of staked Ethereum rises, leading to more rewards for the stakers. But there is also the gas fees to worry about. Gas fees fluctuate based on how much people use the Ethereum network at any given moment. So more usage equals higher gas fees, which equals more Ethereum getting burned. If you would like to see a chart visualizing this explanation, please check out the article version of this podcast. But you can see, in most cases, Ethereum is deflationary. Right now, there is around 13.6 million Ethereum staked. So the average gas fees need to be around 15 way units for gas in order for Ethereum to turn deflationary. So is Ethereum ultrasound money right now? Not at the moment. Gas fees are sitting at 10-way, hence why the supply of Ethereum has gone up. But once the network usage on Ethereum goes up again, i.e. there's a hyped NFT mint, Ethereum will become deflationary. And then the last heading, Michael Burry recently made a big move. He sold all of his stocks. Every single one. If you don't know Burry, he's the big short guy. And no, he's not 5 foot 2 and 450 pounds. He's a successful hedge fund manager. He predicted the housing crash in 2007, made millions betting on it, and had a movie made about him. Needless to say, he's pretty well known in the investing world and a lot of people watch his portfolio closely. So why do he sell all of his stocks? He doesn't think the bottom is in. In fact, he only thinks we're about halfway there. And this isn't the first time he said the bottom isn't in. But it is the first time he sold everything. But before we jump into his reasoning, let's get the big question out of the way. What does this have to do anything with crypto? Well, crypto and stocks are heavily correlated at the moment. It actually hit all-time high earlier this week. If you look at the price action of Bitcoin at the S&P 500, they look pretty similar. Basically, crypto and stocks are two-stepping with each other with the S&P 500 leading the way. If it goes up, so does crypto. If it drops, then so does crypto. So when big investors like Burry make big moves like clearing out his entire stock portfolio, it should definitely catch your attention. So what's his reasoning? He thinks of two things. Number one, we're in the greatest speculation bubble of all time. Burry has been saying this for the last eight to 12 months and has predicted the bubble will pop soon but he's held on to most of his stocks, so people didn't really take it too seriously. Up until last month when he sold everything except from one thing, GEO Group, a private prison operator, because apparently prisons are recession-resistant investments. Who knew? Number two, he thinks we're only halfway through the crash and stocks will plummet another 20 to 35%. He believes that the first half crash was due to the multiple compression. The second half crash will be because of earning compression. Multiple compression is when company earnings increase or stay the same, but the price of the stocks lowers. Earning compressions is the fall in the company reported earnings due to economic slowdown. Here is Dijan Mango's conclusion. I wouldn't stop, drop and sell everything because of this. Burry has warned of doomsday before. He called crashes in 2017, 2019, and even last year. Still, it definitely catches my attention when a prolific investor sells everything. We can't predict the future, but buckle up gents, we might be in for a ride. And that's the wrap for this week's ladies and gents. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's weekly crypto review. Have a wonderful day and I hope to see you next week. Thank you.